Welcome back to the Thermo Diet Podcast. Today we've got a special episode for you guys where we're joined by our customer service care member, Zach Stevens. Zach, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. How are you? I'm pretty good. Not, not too bad. So Zach, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you started working for Umzu and what you're doing right now um, with school? Yeah, absolutely. So I started with Umzu back in 2021, uh, March of 2021. So I'm coming up on my two-year anniversary here. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh, product expert. So uh, typically handle a lot of like product-related questions and still do a lot of like just the regular customer care. So I got my degree in finance, actually. So I worked a couple of jobs at like a bank and an insurance mm-hmm. company and quickly found out that I just was not really passionate about finance. Um, so quit my job and started to work at Whole Foods back in 2020. And uh, so that was a great experience. I always was interested in nutrition. So mm-hmm. just felt that Whole Foods was kind of a good place to just recalibrate where I was at in my life and figure out where I wanted, what I wanted to do with like my career. So I yeah. uh, worked there for a couple of years and uh, then I started working at Umzu mm-hmm. shortly after. Nice. Um, where did you go to school for finance? Uh, yeah, I went to the University of Maine in nice. Orono. So I'm originally from Maine, grew up in Maine, but I'm I'm in Florida now, enjoying the, nice. the sunshine. <laughs> I was in uh, Dartmouth, Maine, I think, or it's like in the top northeast corner. My friend has a house up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty fun. It's funny though. I was also working at Whole Foods when I started working for um, Umzu. Oh no way! Yeah, I was uh, I was technically answering uh, comments like I was a contractor, and then I was yep. got a job during right before the pandemic started working at Whole Foods, doing like their delivery stuff, um, like the bagging yep. stuff. And uh, then Jayden was like, hey, like we need some people for customer service and ended up uh, working out, <laughs> which is funny. If you guys don't know, I also came on as customer service. So we got a like background there. So what are you doing now with it's nutrition, nutrition therapy, correct? Uh, yeah. So um, actually at Whole Foods, I had a supervisor who uh, she was awesome. It's like a big sister to me. She gave me this cookbook. Um, I'm sure you might have heard of it. Nourishing Traditions mm-hmm. by um, Sally Fallon. So I um, thought it was like kind of weird. She was giving me a cookbook because I'm not much of a cook. But the first like 25 to like 30 pages are really just about nutrition and um, like debunking myths and just talking about uh, like healthy fats. And a lot of it lined up with like the thermo diet principles. So I was, uh, um, like really excited to, to dive more into that. And so I found a podcast through them called the wise traditions. And then there was an ad for this like nutritional therapy school out in Colorado, actually. So, um, I enrolled in, in that in late October, it was like October of 2020. Um, a lot of, uh, fear into that because the goal with, with this school, um, is to, open up your, like your own practice and, and coach people one-on-one. And part of the reason why I got into finance was for that financial security that I, I thought I would get. So, um, one of the things with the nutritional therapy school that I was, I was really afraid of was just how am I going to market myself? How am I going to find clients? Um, and then quickly realize that like, I don't really need to worry about that. And I can worry about that once I'm done with the three year school. Um, mm-hmm. And stop like future tripping on that. So I enrolled and uh, it's been a great experience. I've learned so much about like, nutrition and a lot of it's stuff that I've already learned on like my, my own research, but uh, it's been just a great experience learning. Uh, like right now I'm in nutritional endocrinology, which is, uh, it's been a great class and they're going over like thyroid health and um, women's health and like the monthly cycle. So uh, the great thing about the school is that 
I can use a lot of the information that I'm learning in these classes and carry it over to my role here as a product expert and really help formulate uh, answers for anything that the the customers might be asking. So, um, so yeah, the, the goal is to 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 open up a practice and coach people one on one. Um, but that's still, I'd say, about a year away from from me graduating from that. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I took an endocrinology class and I was actually really excited for it. And it ended up being just like such a uh, letdown because it was very, it's all memorization based and it was all about like, you know, it ended up being during COVID. So like everyone just had the answers all online and it was just like, I didn't really learn much from it. And now, and they don't really teach a lot of this stuff in school in an applicable way, which I think has got to be one of the cooler parts about the, this nutrition school that you're in nutrition therapy. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit more about the nutrition therapy school and like how that's going and exactly like what the process is there. The reason why this school uh, really attracted me is because there is a holistic based approach to things. So uh, taking in, taking into consideration nutrition, lifestyle, and exercise and all of that. And the, one of the reasons why I didn't want to go to like a conventional uh, college to to become a registered dietitian is because um, I just I had a feeling that they would be teaching that uh, like saturated fats are bad mm -hmm. and, and just like the conventional uh, thoughts on nutrition. So um, nutritional therapy, it's basically there, I think it's like 10 classes and they take you through biochem, anatomy. Those are like the first two, the foundational, I think they call them foundational uh, courses. And then they'll go into um, pathology and diseases, detox and digestion. And there's just a bunch of classes, like there's um, fitness and uh, sports nutrition. So each class is a different topic that they really dive into there each 10 weeks. And, mm. uh, I'm doing the independent start. So it's basically just is fully online, do it whenever I basically have time. And they also have like in-person classes in Colorado and, and group start where you can interact with people. Uh, but I've been doing the independent start to just work on it as, as much as I can through, um, through work and, uh, basically I think I have like a year left. There's an independent study that's 20 weeks mm. where I can dive into a specific niche. So, um, not, I haven't really decided what I wanted to, what I want to dive into yet. I'm, I'm leaning towards mental health and nutrition and how like mental health and nutrition play, um, play a role with each other. Uh, cause I, I think mental health is, is definitely becoming more prominent and there's been more outlets for people to, to talk about it and it's being talked about a lot more. But I, I think that, uh, in the, like, especially in the fitness industry, uh, mental health is not really talked about a lot in body dysmorphia and, and just stuff like that. So, um, I would love to, I think, dive into that. And I'm also always like, I'm interested in the thyroid gland, obviously, because of Chris's work and, and how just the, the thyroid gland really, the function of the thyroid gland really plays a big role in, in hormones and, and just kind of day-to-day -day life. So yeah. Um, yeah, once, once I get closer to that, I'll, I'll definitely dive into something. Yeah. The thyroid is definitely underrated in terms of, I feel like a lot of people haven't even really considered it. And I think it's so neglected that, you know, this has been known since like what the fifties, the sixties with Breda Barnes that a huge portion of the population is hypothyroid, which means like their thyroid's underactive, which means their metabolism is underactive. And yeah, as you said, like, I mean, I go to a bodybuilder gym and the, everyone there is like absolutely massive. Most of the people in there are on, you know, some PEDs. And I mean, I think everyone has, I mean, Phil Heath, who actually goes to that gym, made a video yesterday. He's like, I have body dysmorphia, like former all-time bodybuilder, world champion. talking about like, you guys are fucking massive. 
excuse my French, and and he's probably like 230, 40 pounds and just massive dude. And like if he's suffering body dysmorphia, it's, I don't think the steroids are helping anyone out. Um, and I think that's like kind of one of the reasons I like to can remain a natty, to, you know, just yeah. to not only for that, but just like kind of set an example of like what is, right. no one knows what's naturally achievable today. It's because so many people are on steroids or have lied about being on steroids. Right. Yeah. Have you Definitely. read, uh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Have you read Nutrient Therapy by William Walsh? I haven't. No, I haven't heard of that. Nutrient Therapy is really good. He's a uh, psychologist, I believe. I'm actually reviewing it for the RDV podcast um, this week. I believe he started his own clinic and he's still alive. He's still an interesting dude. He uh, has some interesting things that aren't necessarily thrown about. Most of the stuff is, Chris has read the book. I think he actually recommended it in some podcasts, which is why I picked it up. But basically talks a lot about using B vitamins, using magnesium, using these very high dose of these vitamins to basically, I mean, not cure, but treat, but also to categorize a lot of these mental illnesses. So he found that like there are, let's say five subtypes of depression, certain have like very high amounts of, um, you know, they need a lot more B6. Some, some have not enough potassium. Um, you know, all of these B6 was a big one. Potassium was a big one. It's a number of other cofactors. Um, some things like he found that they, they have excess of copper, excess of lead. And then he categorized all this based on basically the mineral, balancing kind of thing. And then he used other minerals to basically detoxify it. Um, and it, it's really, it's a really interesting book. Uh, definitely highly recommend it. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I think there's like this, I think there's like a pretty big disconnect between mental health and, and people that like, they don't, I don't think they really take into consideration that nutrition like definitely plays a role. Um, so they'll, they'll eat all these like polyunsaturated fats and just process and processed foods, highly refined foods. And, um, they eat out a lot and then they stay inside, uh, all day and, and work like a nine to five. And I understand that people need to, to work a job, but like, even on the weekends, like not getting outside, getting sunlight, getting exercise or just moving and how all of that really plays a role. Um, I think it's just, I think there's just really a big disconnect there and yeah. they're, they want to kind of place blame on something else without looking into, to how, um, their habits maybe affecting that. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to dive into that. Yeah, for sure. I will never forget this conversation. She was trying to, I had posted on my social media, that study that came out about how serotonin was not the happy hormone. Like, I don't know if you saw yeah. that a while back Yeah. and it was this big landmark study. And then I posted some other stuff that like, about the SSRIs basically being related. Like if they're working, it's because not because of serotonin, interestingly, kind of tangential point, but Prozac has a anti serotonergic effect in the brain. I don't know if you heard Georgie talk about that but it, mm -hmm. it affects as one. So it actually lowers serotonin in the brain, which is probably why it has the antidepressant effect. But regardless, um, what I was going to say is I feel like people don't, oh, so we were having this debate and she was like, what are you, one of those people? I think you should just like exercise to not be depressed. And I was like, are you, like, why would you be not be depressed if you're just sitting on your phone all day on a couch doing nothing? That's not what right. humans are meant to do. It's, yeah, especially with social media, you can just compare yourself to all these other people that are showing all their highlights and you're like, well, what am I doing with my life? And I, I, I fell, I fell into that too. Like, especially with, um, like scrolling through with looking at bodybuilders and I'm like, oh man, like it would be great to like, look that big or like, look like that. And it just, it becomes like a vicious cycle and you just get trapped and then you just keep scrolling and scrolling. And mm -hmm. it's, so it's just, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a wormhole for sure. Yeah. It's not a good place to be. And there's, it's definitely a endless rabbit hole, but yeah, back to like the nutrition and you know mental health thing. I feel like people also just don't 
take in the aspect that everything has a meta, uh, metabolic cost, let's say. So like, you know, it takes certain nutrients to produce adrenaline or uh, serotonin or dopamine. And let's say you're not producing enough serotonin and let's pretend it's the happy hormone. It might be because, you're, you know, you're not, you're deficient in tryptophan or B6, which is involved in conversion or things like that. And so even if like, let's say nutrition isn't inherently causing, like I think there's obviously depression that's outside of nutrition as well, but there's, you know, they're both intermingled. There's things that you can do to probably help the depression or the mental health thing with that'll help the depression. It's also the, with nutrition It's also like, and even if it's completely outside of nutritional scope, I think there's are things that you can do nutritionally just to support your mental health. Yeah. And I think that's a good caveat to put too, is like, there's, there's obviously things that are outside of even that person's control. Um, that nutrition and movement probably can't help. But uh, like you said, I think that it's just something that they can control, like a controllable factor that they can um, make like tangible changes and then they can support um, and maybe lessen the symptoms a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I think, I just think that uh, it plays a, it plays a pretty big role um, and that people should, should be able to look at, look into that and, and make some, some of those changes. It's, it's a big th- emphasis of the holistic approach where it's like the body as a whole versus the body, you know, mental health and even individual diseases are completely separate entities. Cool. So, um, how did you start working for Umzu exactly? So, um, so I, while I was following Chris for, I think it's since like 2016, my brother, okay. uh, his name is also Tyler. Um, he was actually an ambassador as well when we had the ambassador program mm-hmm. and he had found him through, uh, Grego Gallagher the road to rip podcast. Um, I listened to those. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I read test shock. I think it was on like the flight over. I went to Russia back in 2016. So I remember reading that book and, um, a lot of his principles just made sense to me. Um, not that I was like against, uh, broccoli or asparagus. Like I, I enjoy eating those, but, um, when he, uh, mentioned that vegetables probably aren't necessary, I was like, Oh, I can, I can definitely, um, get onto this diet pretty mm-hmm. easily. And, um, so yeah, I just been following all of his stuff since, um, even back when I was new truth Nutra, I think I ordered my first, I think Cortigon was the first thing I ordered. And so I just been following, um, the company ever since joining the, joined the, the Facebook groups and was always, when I had, uh, started, uh, going to the school, I thought that it would be like an awesome opportunity to work at Umzu for this time being, even if it was in customer care only, mm-hmm. um, because I knew that I would be interacting with people that are looking to, uh, holistically, um, reach their goals through our supplements and diet. And, uh, so I just kind of kept checking the careers page and, and looking to see when there was an opening and actually applied a couple of times. First time I didn't get it, uh, definitely was not prepared for any of the like product related questions that Jayden had asked me. So, um, it was, it was a great opportunity though. And, uh, definitely drove me to dive more into nutrition and and learn more so that I could be prepared uh, in the future. And then I ended up starting at in March and, um, like, yeah, like I said, working with those, with the customers, has just been great practice for me because eventually if I do want to open up my own practice, um, just working with the customers here. Like I had a great phone call last Friday, uh, with a, a customer who she was dealing with, um, a lot of like anxiety and panic attacks. And obviously there's, there's things that I can and can't say in regards to those medical conditions, but she had sent this long email about how she, uh, she just really wants to receive some help and, 
and have some of our see if our supplements can really help her. And she had been following a, a ketogenic diet, and um, so I uh, was talking to her, and she was just so open, like open minded, and hearing my recommendations. And then uh, one thing, like I had mentioned the the ketogenic diet, and I asked how long she was on it, and she was like, "Oh, it's been ten years." gave me great results in the beginning. And, but I think that it might be affecting my thyroid health and that, um, even though my thyroid labs are showing like within range, mm-hmm. um, she thinks that her thyroid levels were, or her thyroid function was a little bit diminished. So, uh, calls like that really get me like excited. And I love talking to those customers and, um, providing any insight that I might be able to provide without giving that like medical advice. So just saying like, Hey, we have this diet called the thermal diet. It's definitely a little bit different than the ketogenic diet in that it's, I mean, it's almost the opposite. Pretty where much flips you have, down, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have a lot more carbs. So um, I'm not saying to like get off the ketogenic diet, but I think that you would benefit from just reading into it a little bit more and checking out uh, people like the Strong Sisters and Kitty Bloomfield just mm-hmm. because they just, they just have so much great information in there, and especially um, as it pertains to women in general. So um so yeah, just those, those type of calls are like, they just get like, they just make my day. Um, there was another email today that the other product expert had sent me over to check out. And this guy again, just sent this like a really long email about how he's just urinating so much through the night. And he had mentioned that he was strength training three days a week, doing a sprinting day. Uh, I was doing jujitsu and Krav Maga, uh, some nights for like three hours and, uh, he was wondering why he was urinating so much. He's talking about how he's drinking four liters of water. Um, Can't and I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, well, one, what kind of water is it? Are there minerals that are, are electrolytes in there? Or is it just straight water? That's mostly just dry, like just uh, dehydrating you almost. And like, I just felt like looking at that, like he's probably running on a lot of cortisol and stress hormones, just like probably moving a little bit too much, doing too many things. Um, so when people email in, with those type of, uh, tickets and they want like genuine help to like work with somebody, uh, mm-hmm. those, those get me really excited. So yeah, just great opportunity to, to really practice, um, those kind of like case studies, uh, that I, that I sometimes get through school too. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a uh, problem solving is I feel like one of the cooler parts, especially when you have someone that is willing to work with you. Um, you know, I talk about like the, RDV stuff. And a lot of times it's just like, you know, you're falling on deaf ears. Like a lot of people, most of the people that you actually like even listen to it probably are not going to try, let's say the carrot salad, but there's some people that are in that, you know, sometimes you got to hit rock bottom to really make these kinds of changes. And which is why a lot of these people go from keto to, you know, carnivore to keto to paleo, whatever. They do these huge flip flops because they've got to be like, all right, this worked for me. It seems great. And then it's not working at all anymore. Now I have to, I'm willing to make this change. I'm willing to open my mind back up. Cool. How did you, so when did you start reading Ray? Uh, yeah. So Ray, um, I had always heard his name back when I was like following Chris and I just never really took the time to research him further. It wasn't until, um, I would say probably 2021, I started listening to generative energy mm. and, um, it's very, I had no clue what they were talking about at first. It's just was way over my head. Like I remember when Georgie was talking about niacinamide and I'm, and he was just continuously talk about it. And I'm like, what is this, uh, compound? Because it sounds like it's just like this, like almost like a wonder drug with the way he talks about it. And then I found out it was just B3 and yep. I'm like, all right. So, um, just, yeah, just continuously listening to that. And then obviously Ray would come on and, um, 
he just I just love the way he would articulate his answers and his ability to recall uh, certain events in history and how it kind of pertained to today. And uh, he just had so much knowledge. So started reading some of his articles again. They're they're very just dense and um, it it's probably something that I would need to revisit now uh, just from learning more throughout the years from my school and and just on my own time. Um, but yeah, I just kind of fell in love with him. He, he seemed like a, a very like altruistic person in that he, he's not really trying to sell you on anything, uh, doesn't have a product, doesn't have a, a diet protocol. He really just wanted to help people, I believe. And um, I mean, he had his books. They were $5 each, I think. And then his newsletters were, I think it was like $25 for the year. And he would um, he would make those, I think it was like bi-weekly or something. So um, I just, yeah just really liked his, his outlook on a lot of things, nutrition or, or really anything. Uh, yeah. so I, I really, I searched out all of his stuff. I like when, no matter what podcast he went on, I would, I would listen to it. So, uh, it's very, yeah, very sad to hear that he passed last Thanksgiving. Um, but I know that he's, uh, touched thousands of people's of lives and just uh, has been a great inspiration for not only me, but I know that other people. So, uh, I know his, his work will continue to show up. I feel like he was kind of like ahead of the ahead of the times, especially with like the seed oil stuff that's going on yeah. now. I think it's crazy that people are just hopping on. I mean, I love to see Rager getting credit. Um, some people I wish would give him a little bit more credit because pretty much all these like uh, we won't name names, but there's a lot of low carb people that are like, you know, orange juice is like a good fruit and it reduces endotoxin. I'm like, yeah, you didn't get these ideas by yourself. Like we know we know where these ideas are coming from, but. I'd rather, I think Ray would care less about his name being known than his work helping people, which is cool. But yeah, I love Ray's work. Um, they are dense articles, but I think it's cool because you can pick up something new every time. And he doesn't give you answers. He really just gives you his context, his information, which is really special. It's a cool way to write, cool way to think. He just makes sense with, with everything he says. Um, but like, and like you said, it, he doesn't like tell you what to do. Like you said, he, he like gives you the information and you can do with it as you want. Like everybody in, um, everybody's going to respond differently to nutrition and supplements and, and everything. Everyone's so unique. So if I were to like prescribe to like the Ray P diet that people kind of, um, they coined that term, like I, I can't, um, consume coconut oil and he's he recommends that like part of the carrot salad but like i can't eat that so it just causes so much digestive issues like if i were to just follow him blindly and um or really anybody like it just doesn't really work like that so i do like that he um just kind of gave information and then you can kind of like you said just do with it as you will and um you've got to put the pieces together for still what are your biggest takeaways from learning and see from cs these days or like having worked in CS for almost two years now, customer service we're referring to, by the way. Yeah. I mean, customer service is customer service. So of course you're going to get those, those customers that are just awesome. And, and, and then the more difficult ones I'll <laughs> say, um, as it pertains to like product expert specifically, mm-hmm. um, I just kind of like, uh, just getting a feel for where they're at in, in their, like health journey, I guess. Um, cause not a lot of people really want to talk about their diet and, and how that might be affecting the results of our products. Um, cause we get a lot of questions like we'll get like an email, like saying this didn't work for me. Why not? And, um, that's like the only information they provide. And is it's such like, uh, there's, it's just a gray area. There's so many variables that come into play 
with why a product might not work. And I'll usually, I'll usually explain that to them and say, Hey, everyone's unique. Uh, they're going to respond differently to supplements and nutrition, especially, uh, so diet comes into play, like your stress comes into play, lifestyle comes into play. And a lot of the times they'll email back saying, my diet's great. I eat healthy. I eat salads every day. And I'm, and I'm like, well, I kind of laugh a little bit and, um, not that salads are bad, but if, if you're taking something and then it's just like the willingness to not look into how their diet may be contributing to not only our supplements, but their day-to-day life and, and like things like digestion. So, mm-hmm. um, just kind of getting a feel of, of where they're at with that. And, uh, there are some customers that are more than willing, like I said earlier, to, to look into how their diet may be supporting their goals or may not be supporting their goals. So, um, in the, in the beginning, I was like, very, um, uh, you need to do the thermal diet. You need to do this, make this change, make this change. And I used to be very dogmatic and I think, um, I laugh at it now because I mean, I used to tell people to, to like, if they got kale, I'd be like, Oh my God, why are you eating kale? Like, this is so bad. Like you don't need to eat this. And, um, I mean, I, at the end of the day, like if, if they enjoy kale and they're not, they don't have any issues with their thyroid and, or digestion and it's not causing mm-hmm. any issues, like go ahead and eat it. I probably wouldn't recommend that people eat it anyway still, but I just look back at that time period of my life and, and kind of just laugh at myself, like just drinking black coffee, intermittent fasting and all of this stuff I used to tell people. Um, so between, between that and then customer care, I've really kind of just taken a backseat and like, just, just kind of feel people out and see where they're at. Um, mm-hmm. cause I can, I can kind of tell when people want real recommendations. Um, and then when people really just, I guess want to refund. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah. It's one of the biggest takeaways, I guess. Yeah. And it's a lot to be said about certain things affecting you differently when you're like, so for instance, for instance, I tried methylene blue, which is a drug. I don't recommend trying it. Not medical advice. Um, if I tried it like a year ago and I was like, eh, I don't really feel anything now. Now I'll take it every once in a while. And I'm like, wow, like, I, like you'll feel differently when like your physiology is going to change. And then certain things are going to have a different effect on you as do you, you know, change your diet, change your state of mind, change your health in general. So, you know, we are making these supplements as what I'd say is like our, basically it's our best guess, right? Like we think that based on the evidence, these ingredients will, should do the, accomplish this goal. And but at the end of the day, like the most accurate way we can fill that goal is like doing a nutrient test, something and fi- figuring out why you're having this issue and then deducing that and saying like, maybe you're deficient in vitamin C, which might be re- why Redwood works. Maybe you're not deficient in vitamin C, which might be why Redwood does not work. Right. Yeah. There's just, there's just so many variables and without having like that full picture, it's, it's really tough to, to really answer that question. And we just, we try our best to kind of point people in the right direction and there's going to be people that respond well to our recommendations and there's going to be people that aren't. And so, uh, I think just working the last two years, just accepting the fact that not everybody is going to dive right into the thermo diet and make all these changes all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's been a learning experience for me, but it's, again, it's like a great experience because if I do open up my own practice, like I'm going to run into those type of people that might not be as compliant with my recommendations yeah. as um, others would be. And I think that, like you said earlier, once they hit rock bottom, they'll, that's when they're really going to make those changes. So mm-hmm. if people get sick enough, then 
they'll, they'll implement the changes, I guess. But hopefully, hopefully they come to the the awareness that um, before that it gets like it gets way like way worse. Yeah, it's almost as if they have to realize that their current diet is causing their issues to want to change it, um, which is obviously not an ideal situation, but. Yeah. And I've definitely changed my mind a lot and tried to be like, I was very dogmatic at first. And it's funny, like now, like my friends will like think I used to like argue with my friends about it and now <laughs> they'll be arguing with me. Hey, and I'm just be like, dude, like I, I would change my mind, but you like are not educated enough to give me points that refute mine. You know what I mean? Like I, like I would like, like I was talking to Pedro do, do Amaral or Thucydides on Instagram. Um, we had a podcast and it was like, all right, you kind of made me some interesting arguments on vegetables and like the cruciferous vegetables. And I was like, all right, yeah. maybe I can, I would consider trying them. I don't really, they don't appetize me. So I don't really have any desire to go at them, but you made an argument. I'm like, I can accept your argument. I was like, most people, you're just gonna be like good, bad. And I'm like, eh, like it's not, not convincing me. No. Yeah, no. And I love that. I love that podcast. I was actually going to bring that up because he, like, like you said, he made some great points. Like they do have those, um, those compounds that can help with estrogen metabolism. Mm-hmm. And, um, my, and it's funny because my school, the class that I'm in, it was like a week or two prior that I had learned about, um, DIM and I3C. And if I had read that like a year ago, I would have been like, nah, like that's, that's, I'm never going to incorporate that. Um, but he said that he has like even raw vegetables and he's fine. And, and I, and I think that's awesome. Like, that's great. Um, but I, I yeah, those, I yeah, used to be the same way arguing with my friends and arguing with random people. And it's just like, Man, I must have been just running on all of these yeah. stress hormones back then. Yeah, dude. I mean, when I was on, I was, dude, I was keto and I wasn't keto. I was probably keto at some point, but I was fasting. I was going to the gym, landscaping all day, fasting the whole time, drinking like water. And then I would eat, go to jujitsu, eat some ice cream, do it all over again. And like, look, like I felt fine at the time. And I feel like most people on keto are on like, oh, like they, they feel amped up. They're stressed out pretty much. They're on that, like they're ready to go. But I was like, now much more like, Chill. Matt wouldn't agree with that, but I'm uh, more laid back than I used to be, at least. Uh, so what are some of the most common questions you get in CS? Let's start with the ones that drive you nuts, and then we'll talk about the ones you actually like enjoy talking about. Typical, like, just regular customer care stuff. It's the ones that drive me nuts are, I did not sign up for this subscription. Um, why did you charge me? And, like, those, like, we have a timeline for everything, so, like, I can see, like, we see, we have so many receipts, so... Mm-hmm. Those drive me nuts. Um, but as it pertains to the product, like expert questions, the one that I mentioned earlier, like I, it drives me up a wall when people will say, uh, why, why doesn't this work for me? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just so hard to answer. Like I don't have the, the information like that I need to really, um, answer that question. Um, the one like medical related questions, I, it, it, it it's like difficult because, I want to answer them and it's not the customer's fault. Like I, I really would love to like answer their question of, can this help with my, my high blood pressure or my diabetes? Um, I, I just can't cause we're, we're not certified to give medical advice. And even after my schooling's done, like I won't be able to, to do that. Luckily, like I'll have a waiver for people to sign that will remove that liability. Like they'll know that it's not medical advice. Ideally, all of our customers would sign this waiver mm-hmm. and to know that we're not giving medical advice, but, um, those just, those drive me up a wall just because I can't answer them. And I, I just, I really want to help people. So those ones are tough. Um, other than that, like product expert or product related questions really don't 
rub me the wrong way too much um, because a lot of the time people are just looking for some recommendations on on how they can uh, improve their support health. their goals. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, and then questions that we get a lot are, can I take X product with Y product? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can take most of our products together. The only ones we really don't recommend taking together are Testro X, Thyrite, and Immune because they each contain 15 milligrams of zinc and it's not recommended to consume more than that on a daily basis, especially from supplements. Cause, um, like with a lot of our products, we, we assume that you're getting some of these nutrients from your diet too. So we don't want to have, um, too much of each ingredient in our products. Some of them do contain over the daily value, um, especially when it comes to like B vitamins, but, uh, so we don't recommend taking those. Um, and then obviously the ones with caffeine, uh, this is going to depend on your individual tolerance to caffeine. I've taken Zuburn, Zubrew, and um, Zoom on the same day, Zoom. and I've been yeah, I've been fine. And that's what, like about 600 milligrams of caffeine. So, and I'm able to sleep at night. I think that it's it's more of like your body's response to caffeine. Um, if you get the jitter, like if you get jitters and like crashes, and there's something else going on that your body is not, in my opinion, that's, it's not handling the caffeine correctly. So, um, those are really the only, and at the end of the day, we also don't want you to be on every single one of our products. Like the goal is to really supplement your diet and have that be the foundation. Um, like Chris has that pyramid where it's, I believe it's like micronutrients, diet, lifestyle, exercise, and then supplementations right at the top. Um, I think people really like to flip that Mm -hmm. and have supplements be the foundation and then worry about everything else. So, um, so yeah, I, we get that a couple of times where people are like, I want to take all of your products. Uh, what, what would you recommend? And I'm always like, well, I don't recommend doing that. And can you provide some additional information about what your specific goals are and uh, what your diet looks like so that I can make a really, cause we, we really want to make um, individualized solutions for our mm-hmm. customers. So, um, so yeah, that's, and then will this product work for me, work for me? It's, it's along the same lines of the one, why didn't this product work for me? It's, it's tough to answer. Um, there's so many things that, that come into play. So, um, it's like probably, I just, probably not. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Like, and like you said, if you're deficient in this ingredient that's in this product, like you're going to probably feel good because you're providing your body with that. Um, also another one that I actually just thought of is if I come off this product, will I like experience withdrawals? And I mean, the answer is basically no, but, um, like with everything in nutrition, it's, there's this gray area. So like, if you come off, let's say you take Testrox for three months and then you stop, if you're not providing your body with magnesium and zinc at all from your diet or like low amounts, like you're going to feel the effects of, oh, you're going to feel the effects of that because your body needs those to function, especially magnesium. Um, it's, it says that it's used for over 300 functions in the body. I think that the, the numbers like way high way higher. Yeah. It's closer to like 3,600. Yeah. So I don't know where that 300 number came from, but it's, it's like a very popular number to use with magnesium. Um, but if you're not providing your body with magnesium, there's so many functions in the body that are going to be, um, diminished. So, so yeah, I guess technically you, you do have withdrawals, uh, but it's not due to the fact that our, our supplements are drugs. Like you, you just need to provide, like you need to ensure that you're consuming those nutrients from your diet to, to really support that still. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Cause it's not like you're going to be addicted to Testro X or anything, but right? 
not taking it can definitely have an effect on, you know, your physiology. It just as it taking it can have an effect on physiology. Right. Yeah. I think it's interesting. It's just a kind of tangential to just thinking about like everything that you do. I t- said yesterday in a RDV episode, like everything you do and do not eat has an effect on you. You know, like certain things like not getting enough fiber is going to be arguably just as bad as getting too much fiber, like things like that, where people don't really consider like the probiotics you do and do not eat. I think it's interesting to think about in that context. So uh, what are your favorite questions to answer or like in like, what's your favorite question to get asked in customer service? One, like the, the one I shared earlier where the guy was emailing it about the, um, the extreme urination, especially like throughout the night, he said, uh, when Matt, the other product expert, his name is Matt, when he sent that over to me, um, just reading that long thing and, and really trying to identify where the issue might be or where, or what, not, I guess, issue, but like what he could change potentially to um, lower the frequency of urination. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just with urination, I, just that, that's just like an example, but like people that are really looking to to make changes, um, those are definitely my favorite. I'm always happy to to give those people a call. Oftentimes I'll create like a follow-up for myself like a month out to reach back out to see how they're doing. Um, but yeah, I, like I, t- I messaged Matt in Slack after and I was like, this, like just these get me so jazzed up. Like I love these type of tickets because it's like those, you can tell those people are really looking for advice and mm-hmm. are willing to implement that advice too. Um, so anything that's kind of like a case study, I kind of view them as like a case study, like, Oh, how can I help this person? What are they doing that may be considered like a blocker that Chris and like an activator? Um, and this guy was like, he was dialed in, um, perhaps a little bit too dialed in. Like he was talking about blue light blocking glasses and, um, how he was, wasn't able to get them on until 9 PM. And it's, um, so I, I, I love those type of questions. Um, th- those are always so great to, to work with those people. Do you have them get on some salt? Y- yeah. I mean, I think Matt mentioned the salt and, um, I, I'd have to check to go see to, to what he actually said, but, um, so yeah, so I think Matt mentioned salt and then I I'd asked like, also like the calories that he's intaking because he's just moving so much through mm-hmm. resistance training three days a week, sprinting another day. He's walking 60 to 90 minutes as well. And then doing, uh, like combat sports at night. Yeah. So I was like, let's make sure that he's getting enough calories in too, uh, because that's just, that's just a lot of movement. So, for sure. um, so yeah, those, those type of questions really keep me motivated to, to keep, um, learning like about it, nutrition, because that's, that's like the goal at the end of the day for me is to, to predominantly work with customers like that. Yeah. That's why I like nutrition so much. I think like biomechanics and bodybuilding is kind of boring relative to the other stuff. Like this nutrition, in my opinion, is just, I mean, like there's a lot of unanswered questions in terms of bodybuilding and physiology and biomechanics, but like, I feel like I've got the big rocks let down relatively. And like, there are some things that I have to look into and uh, we had a podcast with Jay and Mike and they made some things that made me question my certain view. But to the degree of the nutrition is just an endless. There's endless directions you can go with nutrition. There's endless things you can go into. There's endless questions to be answered. Like as you said, like why a supplement doesn't work for someone, why it works for someone else, which I think is so cool about nutrition. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's the question I was going to ask. Because like, you, I know that you focus on fitness a lot. And, um, and I was just like wondering how you like kind of keep keep motivated. Cause I mean, these, those type of questions do, but the, these questions are so f- like few far between for me. Um, like, do you ever experience any burnout be- like for, 
learning about like fitness and nutrition where you just want to like, just like stop and like take a break. I have not done a good job about learning about fitness recently. Uh, I, I took a couple of certifications last year and I think doing something like that, where it's like you are paying money and like dedicating yourself to learning this at a certain rate uh, can be very useful. Uh, I, I should be, I want to get a couple of journals that I would like to read on a monthly basis just so I can like stay updated. But nutrition I find is really easy for me. Like I really try and read um, every night. I'm trying to actually start reading fiction a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I definitely get burnt out. Um, it helps me having this podcast and helping having RDV. Like I have to do, I have to stay grinding. I have to like to keep having ideas and I have to talk to people that are like are lay people to keep myself honest and being able to translate things. Like I was listening to the Georgie podcast a little bit with my dad. He's like, he, he was like falling asleep. He was like, it's good, but it's dense. And, so, and I'm like, yeah. to me, I understand what Georgie's saying, but I, I can completely understand not understanding at all what Georgie's saying. So I have to be that middleman of, um, being able to do stuff. Um, I think it's good to learn a lot of things. And George was talking about this in the last podcast It's coming out, I think this weekend, like looking at things from different angles, like don't just try and like, you know, niche yourself into one thing. Like mm-hmm. I have been reading Jordan Peterson's book maps meeting, which I, I've been finding, finding very interesting. Um, one of the hardest books I've ever had to read. It's been take, taking me way longer than I would have liked. He's a dense writer. Um, but like learning philosophy, like t- I've been literally taking his course pretty much because I he just t- took a Harvard co- taught a Harvard course and I'm watching the video the lecture series as I go through the book. Um, you know, I think and I think just doing things that are like you know you enjoy. Like I, I don't yeah I'll just go skiing on the weekends, do jujitsu yep. in the morning sometimes. So, um, I don't know if that helps, but <laughs> yeah, no, and I think I think I sometimes get discouraged because oftentimes I am working with customers that um. I guess kind of had a negative experience with our products. So it, it, I think it just made discourage me a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm like, man, like it's just, it's just a lot of like, just, I guess, negativity, not that they're like getting mad at us. It's just like, why isn't this product working? And um, so that's, I think that's also probably why I get so excited about the other tickets that, um, that come in like the one this morning and the one last week where um, I get to talk to people and, and really help them, um, help them out. So, yeah. so yeah, I think that, focusing on the, the positive stuff. That is definitely the hardest part of customer service. The, this, and they typically get a lot less positive than the negative, which is why I respect all the, you guys and CS team so much. Cause it was tough. It was tough. I was like certain days where you're just like, dude, this is absolutely brutal. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't even get the, the worst of it. There's two, I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's two other departments like shipping and then, uh, we call it Zooformity. Like they, I'm sure that their days are just full of it. So, yeah. um, also a huge shout out to them because I'm not sure I'd be able to do, do that job. But, um, For but sure. yeah, and I think the other part too, is like a lot of the people that are getting success from our products are not the ones that are emailing in mm-hmm. because they're seeing results. And also they're probably pretty dialed in with the thermo diet and, um, they probably kind of understand how supplements and, and nutrition interact and, and work in their body. So, um, got to keep them, I guess to keep in mind that there are, there's a ton of, uh, people that are experiencing great, great results. And I probably should just look at the reviews every once in a while, just as yeah. a reminder of that too. At the end of the day, most of the people that are enjoying our supplement are probably not emailing in, right? Like you got to have right. super majority, probably 70, 80%. Then you have the 10% that hates our product. It didn't work. The 10% right. that's like, this changed my life. If that probably even less than that, probably like a couple, probably like one or 2% that's really going to email in about, you know, how drastic this changed right. their life. Right. Um, 
But yeah, I also think just going back to that, like I was listening to this podcast. I think listening to different things is so important. Jaden talks about this a lot and reading different books. Like don't just yep. listen to Thermo Diet and Generative Energy. <laughs> uh, definitely don't listen to Thermo Diet. That podcast sucks. Um, <laughs> but like I'm listening to uh, Pedro and cu- talking to Kyle Mamanus, who's a genius bits on Instagram. I'd like to get him on the podcast at some point. Yep. And they were just talking about the science, uh, like how science is conducted and some flaws with science today and how we view things. And, and I really enjoy having one of the coolest parts about the podcast is being able to talk with intelligent people. And that are like, and not that like I, I talk with dumb people a lot, but like people that are interested in the same thing that you are and being able to have conversate with someone and pick their brain and have, you know, your flaws be pointed out and going back and forth with someone that's very interesting. So that's probably, probably the best thing you can do is find people that like aren't in your echo chamber that disagree with you and talking about them, even if it's just slightly, you know, most of the things we agree on, but in the nuance and stuff like that, it's fun to have conversations about the 0.1% of things that really don't matter to 99.9% of people. What are your biggest takeaways from formal education? And like, so I like to have the way I think about some things is like, okay, I just like, let's say Ray said, um, dim is bad for you. Right. Um, it's like, all right, I disagree. I think I disagree with you on this, but I can't justify why. So I'm going to research this and I will hopefully get a better answer for you. It's like, what are the things in your nutrition therapy school that you're like, I don't necessarily agree with you on this, but uh, I'm gonna get back to you on that. Yeah. Um, so one of the, like recently actually, uh, they had recommended, uh, phytoestrogens to support estrogen metabolism. And it just did not make sense to me. I was like, why, why would you recommend that somebody that's dealing with, uh, estrogen dominant state to eat these foods that contain compounds that mimic estrogen only because they had stated that it, um, it, has a higher binding affinity to estrogen receptor B beta, I think Mm -hmm. opposed to a, which they had postulated that estrogen receptor B was protective against breast cancer as opposed to the alpha, which um, proliferated breast cancer. So they recommended soy especially. And, And I was like, well, so why would we recommend that somebody consume soy that we know is, is like a known goitrogen, and can disrupt thyroid function. And so that just like did not make sense to me in the past. Like I said, I was very dogmatic. So I would have just like skipped that slide. I probably would have like deleted it. And I would have been like, this is, this is like BS. And I just never thought about it again. Um, and I used to get so, I used to get so heated, man. Like I would read these, uh, slideshows. I would send them to my friends and like, look at what they're trying to teach me. Um, Today, I'm able to like just like take a deep breath and email my instructor and be like, hey, I noticed that you uh, in the slide, they mentioned uh, soy as a potential um, protocol to to kind of help with estrogen metabolism. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering why we would recommend this if it's also going to affect thyroid function. And she sent down, she sent this long list of things and basically just reiterated what, like why they recommended it. And um at the very end, she's like, everyone is so unique and the protocols that we recommend aren't going to be used for each person. It's, uh, you got to work with them to, to really find out, uh, what is going to, to work best for them and which protocol to really use. And I mean, I already knew that, um, it's kind of a cop out. I prob- <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I still wouldn't recommend somebody to consume soy. Um, even if they don't have a thyroid issue, just because like, 
just the the risk of developing a thyroid issue i think especially with like the thyroid i feel like it's just getting attacked from from everything the environmental toxins that we're exposed to the foods that people are eating so even if their lab values are showing that they're within range um mm. i just think that it's it's just something that is pretty easily avoided if they want to eat tempeh and, and uh, miso and these other fermented sources like i'm sure that it's a little bit it's better obviously the mm. anti-nutrients and and things like that have been neutralized and, and the the nutrients in there become more bioavailable but i think just i've this the growth from being like when i first started i was like this this is wrong this is this is all wrong like this is this shouldn't be recommended um i've really been able to just kind of take it with a grain of salt and and um at the end of the day everybody is unique so there's going to be different protocols for for uh different people the one thing that i'm still not able to um really uh eat well so they say sugar a lot mm-hmm. right and without really any caveats so they'll just say like avoid sugar and i know what they mean but not a lot of people like would understand that like they're talking about highly refined and highly processed sugar with the refined fats like that's what they're referring to so um i've like i've come around to like just i just basically saying like oh this is what they mean they don't mean sugar like fruit and honey and syrup because like a slide later they'll mention like oh your predominant like, cra- like carb sources should be coming from fruit and uh, like vegetables and stuff so um i guess like yeah the biggest takeaway is just um really just keeping an open mind uh to to the the uniqueness of everybody like there can't be a blanket protocol for for all people with nutrition everyone is is really truly individualized so um and i think back to pedro saying that he eats those those cruciferous vegetables and he has no issue and and all that so um so yeah and it's it's really helped me it's really helped me with umzu i will counterpoint you there a little bit like i do agree like the how let's say the end result the end goal is more or less the same right which is like in our in our sphere it's like a higher energy state it's just a matter of how you get there is going to be slightly different from person to person so like and and that's one of the thing that things i think is so important about ray's work and like it's just the goal is to increase metabolism increase energy production increase energy efficiency yada 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 the way everyone gets there is going to be a little bit differently, but like, I, I think that's one of the integral parts of like, you know, Chris's and Ray's work and not that you, I'm not saying like you didn't say this, but like there is a goal in mind versus other people. It's just like, uh, I want to resolve a symptom versus like, all right, well, this is symptom will likely resolve when we fix the higher, get to the higher solution. So in your own health journey, what have been your big rocks that like, like for improving your health and, and is there anything you specifically dealt with? You actually, you know, obviously don't have to, throw anything out specifically if you don't want to, but what have, what's really helped you in your own health journey? So my health journey actually started when I was back in like eighth grade. I had a family of high cholesterol levels and I got tested and mine were through the roof. Um, I was definitely probably like hypothyroid back then. And mm-hmm. uh, my doctor, he told me to stop eating eggs, stop eating or stop drinking milk, um, whole grains, uh, wheat, just basically all the wrong things to do um, that we, like I know now and further put me into a more like my cholesterol levels did not improve at all from his recommendations. And, um, I was exercising a ton and I lost a ton of weight. I was like 120 pounds my senior year, um, just tiny, like a twig. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I think that's 
so one of my big, and this comes back to like one of my biggest rocks is, is like mental health and, um, and res- with, especially when it comes to like resistance training, because, um, whenever I attempt to bulk and I, you had a, you had an RDV on this, um, recently where you, you t- talked about that, like sweet spot. Mm-hmm. I, like, I just can't bulk without getting a little discouraged when I gain a little bit of fat. So, um, I'm kind of in this like perpetual recomp and, uh, cut and, it's been a struggle, man. Like I, I, uh, I, I probably do kind of like struggle with a little bit of body dysmorphia where if I, um, if I gain a little bit too much of weight, I'll revert back to the calorie deficit or, or like eating at maintenance for a little bit to, um, to lose that fat. And, uh, it's, it's been, it's been tough, uh, going to the gym, like just comparing myself to other people. I had to take a little break from social media for a little bit, just because I'm very, like, I'm interested in nutrition. So like I follow all of these people, um, and then on like my for you page, there'll be other people that, that come up and talk about their bunch of shirtless their, dudes. Be, yeah. Jacked. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, damn, like I, I can't keep doing this. So, um, just attempting to stay consistent, um, with resistance training. Cause I, like, I, like I said, I get so discouraged this past, um, like holiday season. I, I just didn't go to the gym that often and, and just, it was not, not great. So, um, I'm back in now and. Um, I think I just need to like find that sweet spot that you mentioned where mm-hmm. I'm not eating. Cause I was eating like probably like 3,200, 3,300 calories when I was like bulking. And, um, it was probably just a little bit too much and it, it seems to just concentrate on my lower stomach. So when that happens, I just like, don't feel as good. My, my mental health is strongly correlated to how I look in the mirror. So just, um, working on not having that happen and by like giving myself just positive affirmations and, um, just kind of taking it easy on myself because I'm, I'm my own biggest critic. So, yeah. uh, just kind of giving myself a break and, and realizing that like your body composition, like it's not going to change overnight. You're not going to look like that huge person in the gym. That's benching like a hundred pound dumbbells. And, um, and I'm sure that there's other people that are at the gym that look at me and I'm not, I mean, look at me and be like, Oh, it'd be nice to be like in his shape. Um, mm. cause they're at a different point in their health journey. So it's very easy to compare myself to people that are, that are in better shape than me. So I think just kind of working on blocking that out and, and just enjoying, enjoying the journey, um, as much as I can. So that's like yeah. been the biggest, the biggest thing for me. Cause I'm, I'm pretty dialed in with nutrition, no matter what. Um, it's just more of like the, the resistance training and, and, um, gaining that muscle. It's sure. been a struggle. Yeah. I'm also not the best with that. I, uh, like as much as I gave, I think it's solid advice. It's for me. It's always been a struggle. So this year I'm going to really try and cut and then maintain my weight. But yeah, the only reason I was able to bulk, um, I basically, <laughs> I got really shredded with Kino body. I was literally a twig. It was probably like one fifty or something. And then senior year I started gaining weight and I was at like one sixty five, which is the heaviest I'd ever been. And then I started pledging a fraternity and I lost like 15 pounds in like a week or two. And I was like, dude, I'm literally going to like, I'm going to die if I don't start eating. So I just started stuffing my face with cookies every time I got like, and just a ton of food ended pledging at like 190 and wasn't lifting. Like we were doing like pushups and whatnot. Um, so I just got fat and uh, I think probably was one of the best things that could have done for me. Cause I was no longer afraid of, you know, gaining weight. I was no longer afraid of not being ripped. Um, but you know, uh, I think it's c- kind of worthwhile for everyone to get fat for once. Like not like I wasn't like, I, know, I was, I was over, definitely overweight, but, um, 
you know, not probably the healthiest thing you should, you could do, should do. Um, but you know, maybe just like, I mean, what I try and do now is like trying to just like literally increase like me, even if it's a hundred calories, like if you find your maintenance, like just trying to slowly, but surely increase that. And, you know, like maybe just set a number of weeks or like set a pound rate. Like if you can do like tracking everything to a T where it's like, you don't have to base your success off of the mirror. Cause that's going to be the worst thing you can do. Cause at the end of the day, you're not really going to be able to see the muscle you put on until you cut it all off again. Um, I think that like just trying to take everything, make everything as mathematical as possible so you can take your emotions out of it. Um, I don't actually do this cause I'm lazy and I don't like tracking calories and all that stuff, but I do think it is sound advice. He's, um, and, uh, like I said, I don't, um, I don't really struggle with getting fat anymore. I've, I've just, uh, it's actually gotten easier and easier to me. I hit 220 last year for like a day, which was absurd. I should never be that heavy ever again, but now I'm at like 209 and I'm, I could be leaner for sure, but um, you know, keep bulking and try and cut for the summer. Definitely. And I, I've, I've tracked calories before, like every, for every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at the point now where I think I can, like I can Eyeball. track for a day and then just, um, get an idea of what, cause I, I mostly eat the same foods every day. So if I just track one day and I'm looking to add some calories, I can, I can just eyeball it. So, um, but yeah, I think, uh, I did have the intention of doing like a dirty bulk like that, where I just get really big and then cutting it all off. But, um, it's tough because I'll, I'll start doing it. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm not like, I don't want to go to the beach looking like this. So yeah, I guess you're in we'll Florida. See, yeah. So you got to look good all year round. Right. That's brutal. Right. I can hide yeah, half Maine, of Maine was good for that. Yeah. Yeah. Maine, Maine is funny because it's like, it's one of the most beautiful places, but it's one of the, like the statistically least healthy and I think overweight states in the country. Right. Is it? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Those winters are long unless you're like doing, like you said, you go skiing. I tried skiing once and I, I hurt myself and I was like, this is, <laughs> This is enough. <laughs> yeah. So you can but, surf uh, though in Florida though. You got to get on that. Do you surf at all? Yeah. I went, uh, I went surfing back in August, um, on the East coast. I had to go to the East coast for that. The mm. waves are bigger there. So I did that once and, uh, surfing's fun, man. I went, I did it for the first time in Hawaii and, uh, that's sick. Got up like a couple times, but it was, it seemed to be a little bit easier over here in Florida the second time. So sure yeah, the waves weren't fun. as intimidating. The waves in Hawaii, like we went to this pipeline beach and it was a little bit of a storm. It was like a little rainy and I've never seen waves like that. I was like, I was like afraid to go in the water. Cause I'm like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get taken out. Like yeah. this is insane. It's the ocean can be very intimidating people. Yeah. You don't oh, yeah. know until you're out there and doing it, but yeah, it's not, it, it's scary, but, uh, back to it. Um, so you're a remote worker. What are your tips for staying healthy and sane with remote work? Yeah. So this is my first experience with remote working. I had never worked from home before this. So, uh, it was definitely a transition. Um, I think one of the most important things for me is getting outside, uh, on my breaks, we get like an hour break and I'm always outside during that either walking or laying out by the pool and getting out, uh, getting some sunlight. Uh, when I had first started in, in, I was in Maine when I first started. So, um, it was something that kind of made me nervous because I started in, like mid-March. So the weather was getting a little bit better and I was able to go outside, but thinking about like December, January, and February, just staying inside all day, I think I, I would have uh, gone insane. So part of the reason why I came down here was because I understood that there's going to be sunlight for the majority of the year. And, mm-hmm. um, and then especially like on the weekends, I think it's even more important. Like if you're not able to get outside during the day to make sure that you're doing something outside of the house on the weekends, and finding something that you enjoy 
it used to be hiking for me. I used to go on a new hike every, every weekend when I was in Maine, there's no mountains down here. So, uh, most of the time it's just going to the beach or going to some, uh, the Springs that are close, close by. Um, but yeah, getting, getting outside, I think is the, is just the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting some sunlight. I think it's really underrated how much the sun really helps um, with your overall health. So yeah. definitely, just definitely make sure like to that. put on but some SPF 90 before you uh, even yeah, go outside yeah. your window. I will lather all of the sunscreen on for sure. Yeah. Don't want to absorb any no, of that I, vitamin D. It'll kill you <laughs> immediately. I've been able to not put on sunscreen down here and I've gotten burnt once, but uh, aside from that, I've been, I've been good. So no, no sunscreen for me. Yeah. I don't really put on, I'll, I'll use, co- you know, coconut oil as an SPF of two, if you ever need it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've used that just get it nice and lubed up. But, uh, yeah, that's why I love Colorado. Cause the sun's so strong up here. Like I was reading out, it was pretty nice out last weekend or two weekends ago, I guess now and I got sunburnt and I was like, damn, that's crazy. Oh, wow. I wasn't like actually like, like badly burnt or anything, but the sun, like it was, I was a little red. I was like, damn, that's crazy yeah. how st- strong the sun is up here. So I think one of the big things for me, um, I was not the best remote work either. That's kind of why I came out here was just like, make sure you have something to do every day that you enjoy. Um, just like, you know, you don't want to just like work, eat dinner, crack open a beer and then do it all over again. Like there's yeah. gotta be at least one thing that you're like, and maybe like I enjoy working out. Not everyone does. It's like, I, I, advocate you to work out but if you know maybe play an hour of video games read a book play some piano whatever you find that you enjoy yeah definitely i mean working out is like the big thing for me um so i'm doing that three days a week and then i actually joined a kickball league down here nice. uh recently so play kickball and i'll be there tonight playing kickball so um especially like being around other people too because um if i'm like in my my apartment isolated like I'm going to go insane. So, um, uh, just making sure that you're spending time with friends, family. Um, and then the other thing I think is big too, is like, just, uh, like novelty. And I know Ray has talked about this in the past too, is, um, finding like new experience to go, to go out and do. And, um, like if you're going for a walk every day, like try to take a different path, um, like little things like that, uh, can really help. So, so yeah, I try to, I try to do some things, uh, out like after work and, when I have time, because obviously like school takes up um, the majority of my my after work stuff, but when I'm when I'm on break, uh, just spending time with with friends and finding like a an intramural thing. And we do we play frisbee on Sundays every once in a while, like ultimate frisbee. So just finding like activities like that, mm-hmm. I think is is really important. Yeah, for sure. Um, so speaking of being a part time student, what are your biggest tips for continuing to learn in general, but also you know going to school while working? Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm like, like I'm, I'm very passionate about nutrition and I, I really want to, like, I'm also passionate about helping people. So, um, it's just it, there, I just keep that goal in mind at the end, whether or not, like I'm, I'm a little fearful of eventually starting everything up. Um, just knowing that at the end of all of this, like I'll hopefully be able to, to help people. So that's what really drives me. Um, I'm pretty, like, I'm fairly good at time management. So, I, I can handle the, the coursework and, and my job at the same time. And, um, as far as tips, like I, like you said, I, I do struggle sometimes with taking a break from all of this. Like I'm, I'm almost like too much into, um, like getting things done. Like I'm ahead mm-hmm. of my, my classwork right now. Something that I struggle with is, is really just taking a break and allowing myself to have a break. Cause I'll, sometimes I'll be like after work, I'll, 
I'll like do a, like an hour and a half of classwork and then I'll stop and I'll just like watch TV for a little bit. I'm like, what are you like, what are you doing? Like you yeah. could be spending this time way better than this. And whether it's my school or not, like, like even like learning more about, um, like reading a book. Um, like I have Hans Selye's, uh, stress, uh, stress without stress. Dist- us. Yeah. Like reading, like I should be reading, like I tell myself I should be reading that or reading other, any of the other health books that I have, uh, just sitting on my bookshelf. So, um, I think that, uh, just trying to maybe like set up time to where you're, you're like allocating certain, um, hours or maybe it doesn't even need to be an hour about just like learning of something that you're interested in. If you like, if you have a hobby and there's something that you can like read or, or watch, um, then just like to focus on that for a little bit. I definitely struggle with the same thing. Just trying to always feel like I need to be improving and it's, uh, it's tough sometimes, but um, I did want to mention before I forgot to mention that uh, I, uh, even though I'm on social media a lot, like I'm not on social media at all. Like, I, I don't really go on TikTok. Like I have a couple people that I follow a lot of people on Instagram. I don't really read any, anyone's work anymore. Like there's a couple people that I really like and I'll actually go through their posts. Like Pedro is one of them. Kyle, I think is one of them. But like, I mean, I'll, I'll go on YouTube. It's my favorite thing. Cause like, there's not the negative energy as much. And I've been on Twitter a little bit recently, but I probably spend like outside of posting stuff, like 20, 30 minutes, social media. Day. I hate social media. I think it's terrible. Oh, it's, it's the worst. I think, um, actually one thing that has helped me is turning off notifications. So I don't have any notifications on my social media apps. Nice. Um, and I've found that I just don't go into them as often. Cause if I don't see that red dot that says like the number of notifications from it, or if mm-hmm. I don't get that lock screen notification, I'm just not in there. So, um, that has definitely helped uh, a little bit just with, I'm on Twitter often because I just, um, I have like, I just follow a bunch of like sports stuff. Mm-hmm. So like I get my news Twitter's from dope. them. Um, I like Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I've been seeing, it's funny because I've been seeing a lot on Twitter of like, are you struggling to, uh, get energy in the morning and read this? And then there's like a 10 list thing. Like I see them all of the time and I, I catch myself reading them and I'm, and I, uh, sometimes I, I respond and I'm like, there was one recently where it was like um, talking about carbs and testosterone and the guy was like, carbs should be earned. Um, and I was like, this is terrible advice. And then like three, three uh, numbers down, he talked about stress. And I'm like, why would you recommend saying like, why would you say carbs are earned? Which just creates this terrible relationship with food and exercise which is going to then affect their stress levels, which is going to affect their testosterone. So there's only something in those threads that I just kind of, I laugh at and, mm. and point out because they're, they're kind of hardos like this. It's just funny to like read those. But, um, but yeah, I think in general, staying off of social media is, is probably going to be the best for pro- productivity and also um, just a bunch of things. For sure. Yeah. It's uh, definitely fun to be on it sometimes. It's definitely addicting a little bit, but definitely need to figure out that balance for sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's so there's a lot of great information on there too, which oh, is um, like, it's, it's tough because like I, I, like with TikTok, I used to, I just used to follow all these nutrition accounts and then um, there would be some like really good information. Uh, but I don't know. Do you know who Ben Carpenter is? It sounds very familiar. He, um, he does a lot of videos about like fitness influencers and, and all this oh, stuff. Oh, Ben and Carpenter? He, yeah. 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 I know Ben Carpenter. Yeah. He, yeah. He's one of my favorite followers right now because I, I, the reason why I started following him is because he had this video and he had a plate of food. It was uh, an apple, I think salmon, and then some like greens. And, um, 
in like the side of it was there were these TikTok people saying like, don't eat fruit. These are like going to cause cancer. And then he gets rid of the fruit and then he goes to the next video and it's just like slowly depleting his plate until there's like a, a like a, uh, like a thing of romaine on it. And, it, and he just like went on to talk about like how all this information is out there and like, it's, you got to like kind of choose what's, what's good for you and, and things like that. So he, he's really funny. I find him like really hilarious and, uh, he, he has a lot of studies to back up what he says too. And he, he never like prescribes a certain thing for people. He just kind of provides the information. So I do still enjoy those accounts. And then, yeah. uh, cows eat grass is, is also one of my, my favorite accounts. They're really sarcastic yeah. and funny. I'd like to start reading some of his blogs. He seems like a smart dude. Uh, yeah, the, my I follow like you know James Smith PT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he that's actually who I found Ben from. Okay, so yeah, I like him a lot too. Yeah, I just kind of have drifted away from them a little bit because I think they're just kind of too negative. Like there's yeah the bullshit calling out or like BS. Um, but there's also like I, I don't know I don't agree with everything Carnivore MD says, and I know like there's like the you know the lane and all those people that are just like like everything this guy says is not true. And all yeah. they do is call stuff out, but they don't actually have any thesis themselves as to what works. So it's like, that is kind of my issue as well. I understand where they're coming from. Um, I don't know. I try to just uh, stay out of it generally. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. I know what strategy. You cool. So uh, last question for you. Then if you want to ask me any questions, um, but what supplements, what supplements would you like to see formulated here at Umzu or anything? Yeah. So um, I've actually been, I, I told you this off the podcast, but I've been really, I'm always been interested in like the, the monthly cycle that women go through and how, um, a lot of women will have that just, just very, very bad symptoms and others will, that'll be kind of like a breeze for them. So it's just always fascinated me. Like, and of course there's hormones in play and I'm really interested in hormones in general. And, um, and I, this is why I like Keith Littlewood a lot too, cause he really dove into uh, women's health. I feel like, and so one thing that I've been really researching recently was a product to help with PMS symptoms. And there's actually been a lot of great research about um, this herb. It's like uh, chasberry extract. Mm. Um, and, and it's just, there's been a ton of like human studies and they're like really solid and um, how it can relieve uh, PMS symptoms. And actually my class that I'm in had mentioned that same uh, products. And so it was really cool to like see that and, uh, of course, there's like B6 is good, lemon balm. There's this other thing called Don Quai or Don Quai, something like that, um, that are in some some uh, supplements that are already on the market. So I would love to see that one, see that one through and get that one from like the beginning stages to on our website. I think that would be really cool to take like a product through that whole process. And um, I'll definitely like push for that as much as I can, because uh, I think that a lot of like the like the formulation is there uh, mm -hmm. with the studies backing it up. So um, obviously I'm not too familiar with the product development stuff at the yeah. moment when how like the cost and all of that come into play. But um, that's one supplement that I'm really interested in and in seeing and just furthering the woman's line in general, um, I think would be great because even though women can take all of our products, even Testro X, I think it would be great to have some, some products that really target women's health because I mean, they're, there are different, we are different. We have different hormones. Um, we, we have the same hormones, but, uh, different, I guess, functions and, and levels of those hormones. So supporting those, I think would be great. Um, and then also eventually when the, the micronutrient testing, um, gets introduced, if the, 
if we could have like single ingredient products um, to really formulate solutions for people. So if, if we get their like information, say like they are really low in, um, in magnesium or something, uh, we have magnesium, uh, if they're really low in a certain vitamin, um, to be able to provide that specific vitamin for them, uh, I think would be really cool. So, um, so yeah, offering single ingredient products, I think would just be really cool to, to like create bundles and create uh, solutions mm-hmm. for specific people. So I, those are definitely two of the, two of the things that I would love to see. Yeah, that'd be cool for sure. I, uh, that's interesting that, uh, the, uh, PMS supplement we have, we're having Keith on next Wednesday. So I'll have to ask him about Oh, that. really? Yeah. If you want to ask him any questions too, just feel free to send me Slack. I'll ask yeah, him as well. I lo- yeah. He's, he's awesome. I know he's doing a lot of, he's like doing like uh lab research, right? He's like, mm. he has like his own hypothesis. He's like doing a um, science, uh, scientific method. Yeah. He's doing some research. The last time I heard from research. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, from, I believe he's doing testing some materials and their effect on the thyroid. And, uh, I think some like brominated, like some kind of chemicals that we are exposed to like decently amount that probably aren't toxic, but are probably toxic kind of thing where it's like a, they shouldn't fear like theoretically your couch shouldn't be causing your thyroid issues, but it might be things yeah. like that, but which is cool. I'm excited to talk to him. I gotta do some research and listen to some of his, some more of his work before I get that just to crank out some questions, get those ready. But cool. Yeah, I've really only listened to him from like um, Kitty stuff and the Win at Life podcast or um, Weight Loss for Women. So, mm-hmm. yeah, whenever he comes on, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, he's a really smart dude. I also really enjoy talking about thyroid. I, I don't know enough about it either. Either. Cool. You have any questions you want to ask me? Yeah, I mean, so a couple of them actually, I they've been answered. Um, what, like, I guess you've been working with, um, with people in that coaching program. What are some things that you've, uh, learned from that and, and how, uh, any tips for somebody that's looking to, to work with clients one-on-one in the future? Yeah. Um, I think you need to justify everything that you do, which means like, if you know, there's, you're not doing it, if there's no reason for them to be doing it, like you've got to sell them or convince them on like what you're trying to actually you gotta be every time you try and implement something, you've got to sell them on it pretty much. It's like, why, why are we doing this? And this is what you'll get from this theoretically or optimally or whatever it is. And I think that's a big one. Um, also realizing that like people, you gotta ma- manage emotions. You gotta manage like people's expectations and things like that. Like, uh, is something I've definitely learned to work with. Um, but selling them is a big part of that. Like getting them to believe that they're going to get better results is a, a huge one, huge part of that, in my opinion. Um, I'm still new to it, though. So I still have a lot to learn. Uh, you have, have you been di- like diving into anything recently? Like, uh, like really researching in any like specific topic? Uh, I've been really reading a lot of philosophy lately. Um, I was. Honestly, have not been doing uh, as much health research. I've been trying to read this Jordan Peterson book for so long, but I'm always tr- trying to do because of RDV. I'm writing all the time and stuff like that. And I would like to start bringing back a, a real blog and get that so I can, you know, uh, writing is a way to improve your thoughts and how you think. It's one of the best ways, in my opinion. And I'm taking that pretty much straight from Jordan Peterson. Um, so it's something that I would like to do. And also, I mean, I like to turn back to my old blogs cause I wrote them v- relatively well, could be a lot better. 
Um, but they're good sources of information that I know was well-researched. So it's nice to have like my own, like Danny Rod, I always pulls from his research seat. Like I have my own blogs to pull from sometimes. And yep. um, just a way to organize your thoughts is really what writing is. Um, so I have not been, uh, I would like to start reading. I don't know, I sh I'm trying to start reading some fiction, like some real fiction, but um, yeah. and all that stuff. But I haven't really been focusing too much on and in the health world, I haven't, you know, just been listening to podcasts as you have, but uh, yeah. nothing specifically I've been working on. Yeah, reading it. fiction, reading fiction is good. Like I, I used to do that often at just like at night before bed and it's like a nice little escape. So I should probably get back into doing that. Yeah, um, I f find it, I feel like it would be easy to fall asleep after. Well, so now I could fall asleep after reading this book I'm reading right now because it's <laughs> so dense, <laughs> but um, it's probably not the best time for me to be educating myself. So I think we spend some time in the morning reading nonfiction, spend some time at night reading some fiction yeah, would be cool. Yeah. Did you see, um, I know Danny just posted um, uh, an Instagram with all those books that he just recently got. A lot of those were, I believe were philosophy, like Bucky, um, Bucky Fuller and, um, yeah, I took a screenshot of that. I haven't, uh, yeah, ha me too. <laughs> I haven't, um, looked into those. Um, Taryn, Chris's wife has some can't, some can't books, but I really want to read some of Nietzsche's book. And I also, uh, Dostoevsky, um, the browser Karamazov. I really like Lex Friedman. He's a genius. Um, and I think a lot of his stuff is he talks about philosophy and I think learning how to think I tweeted, I tweeted last night and I posted on my Instagram today. Like I believe the, I tweeted, how can you trust a man's thoughts who hasn't thought about how he thinks or how, how can you trust the thoughts of a man who has not thought about how he thinks, you know, like, like we take the scientific method sometimes for granted and you know, like how you came to a thought could be wrong, right? Like even if the thought in, in and of itself may be correct, but like how you think is really important to consider, I think. And so I'm trying to think about how I think. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, that's good. I, yeah, I, I have one of, um, I bought one of Nietzsche's books, uh, last year and it's, it's Those books are tough. I mean, I can't, I mean, I guess I can't speak to the others, but, um, mm -hmm. I tried reading that book and I was like, what is, what is going on here? Like, <laughs> so I had to, to revisit that. And, uh, but yeah, that always kind of goes back to Ray too. Cause like he always had these thoughts and like philosophies and you, you mentioned all these, these writers and, um, that I've wanted to check out and I have them all like on a list of in my notes app just to, to check out at a, at a later date. So I definitely want to get into more of, of those and yeah, those philosophy books for sure. He's a big reason why I'm definitely getting into philosophy, but I also think, um, you know, maps of meaning is a really interesting book. It's just about how all the religions are, have kind of like pr progressed one from the other to the next and mm -hmm. more about and it's interesting because Jordan Peterson's almost kind of like an atheist. He's not like he, he prescribes that I act as if I believe God exists, which is interesting. Uh, I was always kind of agnostic atheist, but uh, I think when you consider that religion is really just less of a depiction of objective reality, more of a depiction of how we should morally conduct ourselves throughout life. It's a uh, very interesting, a lot more in interesting to consider. Yeah, definitely. Awesome, Zach. That was great. Thank you so much for coming on. It was, um, and thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, until next time, guys, be good.